Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday. Amy here. And just got a quick little intro for you before we get into the episode. My guest today is Maddie Jackson Selectman, and we're going to get into peace regardless of circumstance. And Maddie was willing to share some of her experience with this being that she lost her husband tragically just shy of their one year wedding anniversary. We go over the difference between joy and happiness. We talk celebrating all of you, and then we get into gratitude. And we even throw it back to some old country songs that you know and love, being that Maddie is the daughter of Alan Jackson. I really enjoyed this chat with Maddie so much, and I hope you do too. First thing. That's right. Ah. Okay, so Maddie, we're going to start off with peace regardless of circumstance. And, you know, for some people, the circumstance might look a little bit different than yours, but do you mind sharing with us like a time where, you know, you've, you've had to enter into that 
piece. I mean, there's all kinds of challenges and losses that a lot of people are facing, but I know that you have your your own story. So I thought if you'd be willing to share with us a little bit of that, I'd be grateful. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I'm very passionate about now because particularly what I've walked through the last few years. When I was 20, oh Lord, what, 25, met my husband, fell in love quickly and erratically, and it was just this crazy love story, and got married pretty quickly about two years after we met, and then three weeks before our first wedding anniversary, lost him very suddenly to a freak brain injury, and that was three years ago, and Obviously, that's not something anybody anticipates, but it certainly isn't when you're still a newlywed, essentially. And so in the years since then, I think the way that I have understood peace, as well as the way I've gone about trying to pursue and find peace in a really, really tumultuous and tragic season are different than they ever have been before. And I think a lot of times when we think of peace, right? I mean, the obvious is war and peace, like there's no conflict. So I think we sort of take that and try to look through the lens of, okay, like are all the parts of my life sort of in balance right now? Are things flowing pretty easily? Is my stress level low? And certainly those are aspects, but not to get into a history lesson that I'm not equipped to teach, but when you look at like the Hebrew roots of peace, shalom that you hear, it's really about wholeness. And it's almost like a place of soulful rest. Like your soul is at rest and you have hope and contentment and almost stillness in your circumstance, even when it's basically emotionally tornadic around you. And that would all sound very heady to me had I, you know, five years ago. But now I just know, I mean, I think... Your circumstances have, and we'll talk about kind of joy and happiness later, but they have a lot to do with how you feel. You can't control how you feel when your husband passes away, you're devastated and confused and scared and angry and all the feelings. But I think having been in that place and in such a severe place of grief, it just showed me that, you know, peace never comes from what's happening to you or around you. You know, like that's always changing. The peace is essentially kind of just an inner, I don't want to say equilibrium, but you just have, it's a steadiness. There's a yeah. steadiness that I've witnessed in wise people ahead of me in life. And that truly only through my faith in, in grieving Ben, did I find this true stillness in my soul, even though everything else felt like it was falling apart because it was falling apart. Like a peace which surpasses all understanding. I mean, truly. Like, like, truly. Like, yes, it's like hard to. And I will clarify too, and I think you're in agreement, that just because you're in this place with peace, regardless of what happened, there's probably good moments and bad <laughs> moments with it, but it doesn't mean that you've gotten over something. It now is part of your story that you live with every day. And you put up an Instagram post and this was from October 7th, 2020. And it was a picture of you and your husband. And the caption was, this cowboy is still my best friend. Will always have my heart. And three years ago today remains the best day of my life. I do it over again a thousand times knowing how it would end. Happy anniversary, General. And so... Obviously, I have goosebumps as I read that, but obviously the, the, the line that really stands out for me there is I do it over again a thousand times knowing it would end and yeah. how it would end and what you had to go through. And I feel like that that's that 
peace regardless of circumstance. Yeah. So your faith is super important to you. So mm-hmm. along with that, what are some other things that helped get you to where you are today and to where you're able to be there for others yeah. like that are are grieving? And I feel like we have so much grieving in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. I think part of what what I feel and what comes to mind when I hear you read that, which I would do a thousand times over again, knowing how it would end, is that I think oftentimes when we try to find peace or rest in a difficult situation in our mind, that means that can mean answers. Like, I want answers to this. Why did this happen? What good is going to come from that? And I think what helped me to get to this sort of peaceful place is to stop thinking about finding peace in spite of tragedy in answers. It's natural. That's anytime something sets us back or harms us or happens to us that we can't control. We want to know, why did this happen? How could it be different? Why did God let it happen? How do I move forward? All of these questions. And you know, sometimes those answers come, but a lot of times they don't. And so I think it was the point at which I sort of let go of having to need answers. And I got to a place where in place of answers I wanted, I just accepted what it was and that it wasn't going to change. I very specifically remember a moment, you mentioned my faith and like, I say praying, but mostly like just screaming at God about it. And it just sort of hit me that it was like, if he gave me all these answers, would it change anything? It wouldn't change anything. It wouldn't bring Ben back. It wouldn't take my pain away. And so there was sort of just this exhale of, I don't need that. I just need to look the situation in the face every day, see it for what it is. And to use a word that you talk about so often, try to find gratitude in the little things that are here. Try to look back on pictures of him and, you know, remember the joy in those moments and know that I wouldn't trade them to get out of this pain for anything. I would do them all over again. Megan Devine is a grief expert that I had on a couple of weeks ago. And since you mentioned gratitude, she said something that has stuck with me ever since my talk with her. And it's that, you know, we don't want to use gratitude to get over the loss of something or get over the grief because you're not going to get over it, right? right? But she said it's a perfect companion. Mm, mm -hmm. So it can be a part of your healing process, but grieving never ends. No. And I think that, that we want that. We want the solution, like the recipe for like, okay, yeah. when it's going to be over. And I lost my dad in April and he was living with me at the time while well, he lived with me for one day. And I thought he was going to live with me for several years. Like it was, I don't want to say totally unexpected because he was elderly and sick and that's why we moved him in here. But we did not picture him dying at all. But I did replay in my mind over and over mm-hmm. and over how could I have done this differently? Is this yeah. my fault? Because he had fallen out of his bed and then he had like aspirated. There was all these things. And then, but when the ambulance came and they took him away, like he was still talking to me and everything was fine. And he's like, I'll see you later. I'll see you tomorrow, dad. And he's like, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. And he was sitting up and I thought, okay, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. And then we get a call the next morning that he's on life support and on a ventilator. And I never talked to him again. And so I'm just kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying, just as a reminder to people that you can try to wonder why and what you could Mm -hmm. have done different all you want. But again, like you're saying, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to help at all. So instead of focusing on the past and what you could have done, which can lead you into like a depression and then trying to think about all the future things that shoulda, coulda, woulda, and that can lead to anxiety, like focus on the, where am I right now? The here, the now, the today. Yeah. And that has been helpful for me. Totally. And I I think the important thing too with gratitude, especially 
you know, as a kind of hand to hold as you grieve or hurt in any way is that like, don't hear me say that that's a bandaid. Like gratitude is not a bandaid to put on the fact that I lost my husband a year after we got married. Like that doesn't change any of the pain. It doesn't change any of the, the healing that has to come and the lament that has to happen. To me, it just sort of, it makes those things bearable. You know, and it just is a it's an active way and a very practical and simple way to sort of reset your vision. And it, it doesn't change what you're looking at. My circumstance never changed. Ben is still gone and I still have to deal with it every day in different ways. But it's just like putting on a pair of the blue light sunglasses, you know, that you work on your computer. You're looking at the same thing, but it just it softens it and it softens your heart toward it. And I think to me that was crucial everything from the the good memories and the photos and the things that I had have been to remind me how grateful I was for our time together and things as small as like the sunrise or like my friend brought me brown butter ice cream. I mean, that's stupid, but it really... No, that's not stupid. <laughs> it, it, it's practical and it's easy. That. Yeah. So that that was a huge part of it. And I think in terms of gratitude and peace, finding those things in your life that you can actually control and do and and find joy and thankfulness in helped me because when tragedy happens, you feel like you're not in control of anything. And mm -hmm. so I think in a weird way being like, okay, this is something that I have control over. It's something that makes me happy. It's something that I'm grateful for. That gave me a little bit of stability when everything felt very unstable. Yeah. And I'm glad you said kind of reaching for those things that make you happy and bring you joy. Yeah. Cause sometimes when we're in that, we can look for things to control that are actually not healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are, there are plenty of non-healthy outlets to handle any sort of pain. Yes. And, and I'm I, guilty have, of that. I have chosen those on mm -hmm. the bad days as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. So no judgment here. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Yeah. Nobody's alone. So do you have any daily things that you do? I know every day might look a little bit different, but Let's say you find yourself having a lower day. Mm -hmm. Do you have some go-tos besides implementing the gratitude that, you know, are kind of self-care? Yeah. Things for you. They may not work for everybody, but they work for you. Or maybe it is something that you're pretty ritual about and like you do it every day, but it, it, it does work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always have and definitely do now more having since lost Ben even always start my day, you know, with the Lord and scripture and prayer. That's who I am. And so that's number one. But I will also say I was surprised to find, especially in the early days after he passed, how powerful small acts of creativity were for me. I remember very specifically, this was probably six to eight weeks, maybe not even that much. After he had passed, my oldest friend, since we were like 10, called and it was October and she was like, hey, do you want to go down to the pumpkin patch? Actually, the one up on Granny White, like where the David Lipscomb and, and get some pumpkins. And I was I remember thinking like, the last thing I want to do is haul around a bunch of big pumpkins in a thing that are just going to rot because I'm going to forget about them. It's like I already have dead flowers all over my house. I don't want anything else that I have to be responsible for. And sort of just I don't know, I, I, I almost dismissed her offer. And I was like, you know what? This is her way to love me. She is probably totally distraught about not being able to do anything for me. And so you know, we'll go get the dang pumpkins, whatever. So we go and we're about halfway through it. And I just remember pausing in the middle of that place with the kids running all over the place and like rolling gourds at each other and whatever and thinking, oh my gosh, for a minute, I felt at peace. Like I felt like I had control over something that as silly as pumpkins made me feel like this really can be okay. And I think 
from that point forward, it was something about picking up all these random, you know, pieces of produce and turning them into something pretty with my hands that I realized on a really bad day, what I needed was to see something that is in chaos and see that it can be made beautiful. And whether that's cooking, whether that was journaling for me, whether that was doing a puzzle or something like that, there was some sense of agency and control and stability that being creative really helped me through, especially the early days. I like that. And that ties into something we talk a lot about here on the podcast, like writing. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're not necessarily creative and you're not a writer, but there is something that's using that part of the brain that is helpful. I feel like I lost creativity after I lost my mom, which was 2014. I definitely saw a shift Mm -hmm. in kind of how easily things came to me. Like, is there anything you felt like you lost in your season? Of grief. I definitely did. I felt that there's a grogginess and a fogginess of the mind. So it's not like I was sitting down writing exquisite poetry about all of my pain. Um, I was just trying to figure out what I felt. And I do better with that on paper, you know, before I process that with somebody else. So that was just something that I did. But I felt a lot of physical motivation fall away. I am a person who has worked out four to five days a week since I was in college and have gone through seasons of that where it's not healthy and have gotten back to a place where, you know, I do it more for my mental health even than my physical health. And I I, I remember being so mad that I didn't want to go spin or I didn't want to go run. And it took me probably five or six months to get back into the swing of that. And once I did, it was so powerful again. I mean, there's something about the mental toll that that grief takes on you or stress or anything that I think I, when I lost, I felt like I lost that physical outlet. It was like all of that energy was trapped somewhere. And I think for a while, just those simple acts of cooking, of building something with my hands, of gardening, of whatever, that was just, that was as physical as I could get. But it still felt like a release valve. Still part of your healing. Yes. And I think that that's something too that's important for people to remember is like, yeah, things may shift and it might start to look different. And it's the new normal. It may not be the forever normal. Yeah. But it's at least you're in your moment, your new normal. And I would just challenge people to if it looks different, even though it's like, wait, well, this isn't what I do. Right, right. But if it's doing something for you, then like lean into it. Yeah, and just be open to it. And I mean, I'm I'm a very future-oriented person. And so to essentially have not just the person I love, but the future that I had planned erased all at once was, I mean, unprocessable. And a huge part of healing for me came when I really, I mean, you just have to surrender everything in front of you and truly do it one day at a time. And some some days look like choosing the wrong outlet and some days look like small acts of creativity. And some days look like I'm going to go out and run three miles because I'm freaking pissed that this happened, you know? And I like that you say you have to look at each day and what you need. And it, it's hard. It's almost like you get reintroduced to different parts of yourself that you haven't seen in a while. And some of them I love and didn't even know they were there. And some of them I hated and wanted to push back down immediately. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that. It's now part of your story that is making you and molding you into who you are going to be. Now it's what you do with it. Totally, <laughs> like Which totally. way you want to get molded. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes we go through the... the the one phase where we're like, okay, that wasn't quite working out for yeah. me. 
But then, you know, hopefully we get to the end results and we like who we are at the end yeah. of that. Do you know Beth Laird? I don't know. Oh, okay. I, well, I, don't, I thought I it's, and again, we were talking before we started recording yeah. how small Nashville is, but I want to give Beth a shout out. And I don't know who originally said this, but she said a therapist said it to her at one point, And it was such a game changer of like, and now I'm paraphrasing even what she said, because I'm trying to tap into what it was. We brought it up because I was feeling bad for somebody that had like had a really rough go at life mm -hmm. and like what was happening to them in that moment. I was like, God, I feel bad. She goes, well, something that's helped me is like, it's not like that person just got there overnight. They made a lot of decisions mm -hmm. along the way that got them there. And that could be for someone that's something good is happening or something sure. bad. It's one next decision. Yeah. It's But it's like, you want to make the next right best decision for you. Yeah. Not for anybody else, but like what's the next right step for you that's hopefully taking you in that direction? Or you can be taking the next wrong step for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to lead you down a trail of maybe where you don't want to end up. But the great thing is it's your story and you can zig and zag all you want. <laughs> and eventually you can start making the next right steps. <laughs> yeah. Listen, nobody's story is straight. And that <laughs> I'm at the top of that list. I, I agree with that. And I think a part of what I am grateful to have learned the hard way in all of this is that our friends and family, all God is asking us to do, all we should ask ourselves to do is is exactly what you said, is the next thing. And I'm I went into my therapist's office being like, what are the steps? How like how fast can we get through this? And God bless her, she didn't laugh at me because she should have. And I really thought I was like, I can just I can do this right and I can get through it. And it's not a race. It's not a medal to win. It is one choice after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And it takes endurance. You know, that's why, like you said, grieving never stops and life never stops. That's what life is going to look like, whether it's, you know, the good seasons or the bad. And I think also a huge part of me healing and me really getting to know a lot of the new parts of myself is the grace I had to give myself when I took the zigzag wrong steps because mm. you're just going to. And that's fine. You have two feet. You can take two steps back the other way and it's going to be okay. Well, I love that you are here representing hope that peace, regardless of your circumstances, is possible. Not easy, but possible. And um, next, we're going to talk about joy versus happiness. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you gotta do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're gonna get free shipping, 
Again, 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have Lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Well, that's where Express Employment Professionals comes into play. And if you work with them, that's exactly what you're going to get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert that you can trust. And they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Just go to expresspros.com to find an office near you. Or you can even download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. So whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. Second thing. Okay, so Maddie, to you, what is the difference between joy and happiness? Because some people will see them as the same thing. Yeah, I think to kind of piggyback off the last thing in conversation, happiness is 
a lot of times circumstantial. And I think it is fleeting. And I think joy is a way that you learn to live in spite of your circumstances. And again, for me, and I think I've heard you say this about your mom, it's like, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength, like mm-hmm. number one. But I will also say, I think a huge part of living with a joyful mindset is that you practice the gratitude like we talked about. And especially in hard seasons, like just be around joyful people. I mean, my family laughs because my husband, Ben, I mean, he was truly like the most kind of childlike, like joyful man that I knew. Like everything was over the top. Everything was phenomenal. So my family laughs. Like if he ate a turkey sandwich that was three days old, it was phenomenal. If he hit a home run or whatever, playing kickball, it was phenomenal. Everything was phenomenal. And to a degree that that can be borderline delusional. But, oh, I dated a guy like that. Yeah. And I used to think like, what? Yeah. what world do you live in? But now I get it. Like, yeah. It's kind of cool that he was like that. Yes. And so that's been really helpful for me. And I know, you know, on your bad days, there are certain people who I want to be around because they just emanate hope. Like they just see the good things that can come and they sort of have expectations. Not that everything will be well, but that everything will work out for your good eventually, whether you see that or not. And I think that, yeah, it's just, there's a sense of acceptance of life as it is and an intentional effort to see the good things or to set your eyes on the good things more than the bad things. When did you first pick that up? Was it like as a child, this stuff? Like how important were your parents in you understanding this view? Or is this something you discovered as an adult? I think they definitely created an environment where we were raised to celebrate everything, big things, small things. And I think to me that just sort of fostered a perspective of, yeah, everything good, small or big, is worth being thankful for, is worth cutting a piece of cake to celebrate and then having life with Ben sort of just reiterated that. But I think in terms of growing up, finally being an adult, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, starting a business in my mid-20s that I ran here for two years and ultimately closed and felt a lot like a failure, that was pretty integral in me understanding happiness in a way can kind of be measured by how well you're doing, how people see you, how you're feeling, But if you pursue joy instead, you're not constantly having to like make tick marks of, oh, did these good things happen? Now I can feel joyful. Or did I make these mistakes? Man, I'm just, I'm so unhappy about that. It's, I don't know, to me, it became a lifestyle and not some sort of linear path to follow to, oh, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happy. It's became X, Y, and Z may or may not happen, but I have a good family, I have community, and I have the resources I need in my life, and I know that that good things will come even though they're not here right now. Was there pressure for you to achieve a certain level of success just because, I mean, your dad being a major super country star? Like, the, I don't know, growing up with that as a parent, what that must feel like. Yeah, definitely. And I will say it with the caveat of neither dad nor mom ever put that on me or any of my sisters. It was totally a self-adorned expectation. To me, I saw the picture of his career and his success. And to me, I saw this picture of my mom, who has always been such a beloved woman to the people in her life and a rock for people. And so I saw this professional and this sort of personal and spiritual examples of everything that I admired and wanted to be. And I think I just took on, okay, this is what the good life is. This is what success is. This will make me happy. 
And the truth is I have achieved a lot of things I'm really proud of. And I do think that I have been a rock for some of the people in my life. And I am really proud of those things, but you're going to have just as many bad days as good. And so if that metric becomes, am I happy or am I not happy? It's, I mean, roll the dice. Have you read Obstacles the Way? No, but it's on my list. Okay, you have yeah. to. It's so good. Or download and listen to it yeah. like when you're on a walk or driving around. It's so good. But it just helps paint that perfect perspective of, you know, when something like you were mentioning, you were talking about your restaurant. Yeah. For two, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Salt and Vine, like something that was so amazing, so good. by the way. So good. <laughs> but like, it's like either you can look at that as an obstacle or it was actually the way. Yeah. Because it's going to take you to that next thing and you can learn from it and grow from it or you can allow it to kind of like stop you in your tracks. And then you're like, wait, how do I get around yeah. this? Totally. So I just throwing that out there since it's related to yeah. sort of what we're talking about. Well, and I think too, part of the joy versus happiness, like I find myself trying to do things to make myself happy when I look forward and say, okay, well that didn't work. So now I'm going to do this or this piece isn't in place. So I'm going to sort of manipulate the circumstance to go this way. But the joy comes kind of like from what you just said in looking backward, like the joy comes in saying, yeah, that felt like a failure and it still kind of does. But now I can see every person that was put in my path by way of that season of my life. And I see the strengths and the desires that were built in me during that season. And now how they play into what I do now, which is completely different from, you know, food and wine. And but share with us what you do now. I want people yeah, to know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think to me, there is joy to use our word, but there's a lot of hope and assurance to look back on life and see where the seemingly not connected parts are actually connected. And that gives me hope for the things in front of me that don't seem to maybe make sense right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so just sidebar, um, after Salt and Vine closed, which was three years ago, I really, to no credit of my own, became the co-founder of a women's merchandise brand called Nashville. So it's just a playoff Nashville. And like four things and all of your products. And thankfully, tons and tons of companies now, we are just a gives back company. So we do merch, shirts, hats, sweatshirts, swag, whatever, um, that's centric to Nashville and made for women. And we have nonprofit partners serving three different missions that we advocate for and give back to. And those are orphans, widows, and trafficking survivors and victims. So that truly like fell in my lap completely. A God thing didn't go looking for it. Felt very unequipped to walk into clothing and merchandise. And honestly, even like nonprofit, we're not a nonprofit, but we work with nonprofits and I didn't know anything about it. So it was a huge learning curve. And all of that happened about eight weeks before Ben's accident. So it just, it's such a goodness. And that's what I mean about looking backward. Like there's so much hope and joy in me looking back and saying, okay, I was like feeling really bad about myself because this business had kind of failed. Three weeks later, I get this proposition from a friend of a friend who I don't know that well about this industry that I've never done anything in, but feel called to do. And then we set up our missions, one of which is widows, strictly because that's scriptural. I'm 28 at the time. My partner, Brooke, is 30. We don't know anything about it. And then two months later, I lose Ben. And it's just, I never would have. I have goosebumps. It's insane. It's insane. And I never would have committed to do anything after losing him. But it was like this platform was set up for me that, to be honest, I didn't want. But it was there. And that prayer to just, just, if if I have to go through this pain, just give it so much purpose that I can't help but see the goodness in it, even though that's crazy to say. And here we are. It's it's crazy to see the 
seemingly unfamiliar and un, unrelated things and how they just coalesce into this really beautiful story that if I tried to write it myself the way I wanted it, it may be a little more of a straight path, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be so great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And what's the website? It's just nashsheville.com. Yeah. And the she is like she. Yeah. S-H-E. Same on Instagram and all the stuff. So the handle is Nashville. Yep. Yes. Okay. So y'all go check that out. And before we wrap up this thing, since we did bring up your dad in this thing, I feel like on the Bobby Bone Show, we've definitely had like the Alan Jackson discussion of like best all time ever Alan Jackson song. We go around there and we get it. Uh, but What's I yours? Feel, I feel like you, well, I want to hear yours okay, first okay. because I feel like you as the daughter, Yeah, you hear so many different things that a lot of people, it may not even be a radio hit or it might be, I don't know. So I'm just curious to see what is yours. So I am completely a sappy ballad person. Mm, so okay. when, as his dad, and so when I think about my favorite songs, that he only plays in his shows when we're there because he'll play a 15 second clip because he knows we love them are the old ones from the first couple albums, like one called Someday. There's one called Wanted about a guy who is putting out a personal ad in the newspaper trying to find, he says, wanted a good-hearted woman to forgive imperfection in the man that she loves. And it goes on. And I think- Oh, I know that one. Yeah, Yeah, so love that. So I think even that, particularly now, given like, okay- I've loved that song for 30 years and now to be in this 2021 era of like dating apps and like I'm trying to date again and it's like I look back to that and it just seems so nostalgic and romantic and sweet and I'm like like, what has happened (laughs) um, to the world but yeah I love that one and then like the sidebar there's one that I don't know if y'all have even heard of and I couldn't tell you what album but it's early there's one called Job Description that came out when I was probably three or four And it's one that dad wrote for me and my sisters basically to try to explain his job and why he was leaving all the time. And it will just like bring you to tears. Hold on, Houston, let's play the hook of job description. We'll put it right here. Yes. I sleep 80 miles an hour to the whining of a diesel down the interstate. Dreaming about my little girls The easy chair that sits beside the fireplace Then we shut her down Uh, So those are top three. I mean, you know, I like the happy songs too, for what it's worth. I'm not like a depressed person. And I feel like everybody loves Chattahoochee. I know, I know. I think, (laughs) I'm sure, I wonder if he, we like to ask artists sometimes on the show, we're like, if you had to never play one song ever again. Uh, That's a great question. Like, what would the song be? I I would, I would bet (laughs) that's in the top five of those for him, probably. I know, and it's hard because it's like, well, shoot, I love the songs that gave me so much success, right? Yeah, right. But then, oh, I'm tired of playing it, like for sure. I know you're asking me and I mean, gosh, there's just so many good ones. So I was just, I just even pulled them up and I, I love Papa Top. Oh, yes. Or Tall, Tall Trees and the, you know, I can't sing. So I'm not going to give, I mean, Summertime Blues, even just Remember When, which Mm, was a very powerful song because given the time and um, when that came out and how, I mean, just where were you when the world stopped turning? Like you can't hear that song without getting goosebumps oh living on love oh living it gets me love. every time 
buying on time without somebody nothing ain't worth a dime hey that's so on pitch <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about yeah i'm really good <laughs> oh she's gone country okay, okay we're gonna stop Bad that has food. a special place in my heart oh it does now given the influx of everybody to nashville it's like that's the whole kind of premise of the song mm-hmm. is like oh now everybody's gone country now that there's money to make and Nashville's cool. And I don't know, it feels like yeah. it's sort of come full circle in that way. And meanwhile, you're like, no, I was country yeah. before country <laughs> wasn't cool. Oh, yeah. Do, have you ever put peanuts in your Coke? No. Oh, you need to. It makes you think of that because that's in that song. But that's something that I learned from my dad road trips. And so yeah. you, just, you have to get Coke in a glass bottle and then you got to get salted peanuts, yeah. just like planters from the gas station. Yeah. And then... You drink out some of the Coke, so because it's going to fizz mm-hmm. a little bit. You pour in some peanuts, and boom, you got your drink and your snack. I love and it. It's great for the road. It's a delicious science experiment. Yes. No, you have to try it. That's definitely a country thing that you that. need to try. Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. And vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plants can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Well, that's where Express Employment Professionals comes into play. And if you work with them, that's exactly what you're going to get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert that you can trust. And they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Just go to expresspros.com to find an office near you, or you can even download the Express Jobs app to get started with a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service. The team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. So whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas. Anytime I wear them or I get a new pair, they feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand 
in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, let's talk celebrating all of you. Sometimes I think we have a hard time doing that, but what have you discovered about yourself? I mean, you've probably been through a lot of different seasons in your life, but when it comes to embracing and loving all of you, like we'll just start with the fact that I know you're an Enneagram 3 and I have tested as an Enneagram 3 and I it's hard for me to celebrate that. Yeah. Like I have a hard time with it. I don't even know that I fully accepted it, quite honestly. I'm you're not, and I'm not even a challenger. What, what I, do I you want to be? I don't know. I feel like I can be like a lot of different things, but then that's the thing. You still can have traits from the other things, but I did a verbal test with an Enneagram expert and he he told me I was a three. So I mean, I guess, I guess I'm a three. I don't know. (laughs) Twos get all the, they're like so caring and like loving and they want to take care of people. And I know that's not me. (laughs) I I do love and care about people, but like, it's kind of cool to be a two, like a three. It's like, Oh, you're this, like, I don't know, like an achiever. You're a chameleon. Like you can change and evolve to a situation of what you need to do. That's where like narcissists fall. And I'm like, what the? (laughs) Also, (laughs) if you look at the list of like famous people and who they, what number they think they are, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like Hitler and like, this is what's on our list. (laughs) So now you see why I am not celebrating all of me. Yeah. So when it comes to you, like, let's talk about you being a three since you're (laughs) celebrating you. (laughs) And you hate it. (laughs) No, I, I, I'm glad you sort of framed this, this question within the Enneagram sort of paradigm. I'm a big fan. I think people get tired of me talking about it. But I will say probably had an unusual introduction to it. And one of my very good friends is a therapist. So probably five or six years ago, I think when this became sort of a hot topic, especially in Nashville, she was like, oh, you you, you love school. You love learning. Like, you'll love this thing. Take this test and see what you are. And I was sort of like, sure, sure, whatever. Like any three, not like pumped to dive into my feelings. And so I thought that's what was going to happen. This is like a personality test kind of thing. Did it, whatever. Tested as a three, wasn't shocked, like moved on with life. I did not come back to it until probably a few months after Ben died. And I don't remember how it kind of crossed my path again. I remember thinking, okay, 
maybe this can help me figure out why I'm reacting to grief in certain ways. And so that was sort of my foray back into it. And then being a three, wanted to know everything about it and be the best at it and like went on this deep dive. And I think part of what is so cool about the Enneagram in general is that the way that I've heard it taught so often is that your best qualities are also your worst, right? So the fact that I am very future oriented and competitive and, you know, goal driven and, you know, I find value in achievement. All of those things are good, but they're also things that can, if kept unchecked, lead me to a place where I am prioritizing, you know, again, the kind of metrics of my life that make me feel valuable over the relationships and the people that I'm running this race with kind mm -hmm. of thing. So okay, that's me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think if left unchecked, if left unchecked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what I have found. I have found a lot of security to be honest about and address the parts of me that I don't love because I'm starting to understand that the parts of me that I don't love can be reworked and sort of channeled into into good things. And the things that I do love about myself, <laughs> I can keep the reins on before, you know, I get carried away and wrapped up in this, wrapped up in my plan, in my way, at my pace and like leave people behind. This ties into something you mentioned earlier, which if you'll expand on it, that yeah. would be great. But like you were talking about working out mm -hmm. and like you've gone different to unhealthy directions. And I don't know if you were implying just working out or if it was body image yeah. or food issues, or is that something where you've learned a lot and grown a lot in accepting and celebrating you and where you are with that? Yeah, 100%. I think just to kind of like two big things in my 20s that I think definitely fall in line with this basically all or nothing. Like, I think I've always felt that about myself my whole life. And I think now that I understand things about being a type three, I see why. But, and you may agree or not agree with this, but I'm just an all or nothing person. Like there is no 50%. There is no one foot in, one foot out. It's either, eh, I'm not doing this at all. Or like, I'm doing this with every ounce I have until it's the best it can be. And I think those tendencies showed up in working out too much, in strict calorie, you know, restriction in very unhealthy and kind of distorted body image all through college in my early 20s, which a lot of people experience. But it was like, I, I couldn't just maybe not eat sugar during the week or like work out when I can. It was like, I'm boxing two times a day. I'm running half marathons. I'm like not even putting honey in my coffee, you know, like stuff like this. And I think it took me a while to realize the pendulum really can swing too far if you don't have your mind right about a good passion. Like it's turning a good thing into the ultimate thing. And I think I have a tendency to do that just because I'm a passionate person and I want everything to be the best it can be. And so that experience really opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, I am susceptible to going way overboard on things, even if they are good things. Um, and to be wary to not go overboard on bad things. And I think when I had salt and bind too, it was just a different circumstance and sort of the same knee-jerk reaction, which was I'm going to be here 17 hours a day because nobody's going to care about it as much as I am and I have to make it right and I have to build this business. And, you know, there are a lot of things and experiences that I missed out on in those years that I would trade and I would scale back and I wouldn't do them to that degree this time around. And so... Yes, all of that to say, I think sometimes it takes recognizing those negative patterns and sort of the unhealthy push it to the limit 
sort of approaches to life that brought me back to, you know what, I can, I can keep these things in check. And I can also celebrate that I'm wired to just do awesome stuff. Like I'm wired to do it the best that I can. But that also means if I don't want to commit all of my time and energy to one thing, it doesn't mean I'm doing it poorly. It means I'm balancing my life and I'm prioritizing my relationships as much as I am my projects. And so it's a hard thing to like look at the, the tough parts of yourself and be like, you know what, there's good in this too. And try to find the balance. It makes your, whatever it is you're focusing on, so so small. We talk about, I have a podcast for disordered eating called Outweigh, and the tagline is, a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but you could insert that into, maybe it's not disordered eating, maybe it's it's overworking, maybe it's overworking out too much. Like when that's what you're focused on, then it, it occupies your brain. Yeah. And then it makes your world so small. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too that I don't know. This came to me at some point in the last couple of years and it was this idea of savoring rather than consuming. And I realized that I was just, and this is a good example because this was, the the reason this sort of came to mind was, again, like my faith sustained me through grieving Ben. And I was just, I was reading and reading and reading everything I could read that was faith-based, grief-based, loss-based, hope-based, whatever. And that was good. And I I mean, that was what sustained me. But there was a point where I just felt kind of called to just quit consuming so much. Like, and then I'm talking about like scripture and kind of felt, you know, the Lord be like, you need to just, you need to savor it. Like, it's not about how much you read and how much you put in. It's about, are you really just like a glass of wine or like a piece of dessert? It's like, don't scarf it in 30 seconds and get another one because you're afraid it's you're going to run out. It's, man, sit there and like, let it roll around in your mouth and like savor it. And that that is what will pour in and fill you up more than I'm going to read more, I'm going to do more, and that's going to make me feel fulfilled. It's it's not. Just savor it. Don't consume it. Mm-hmm. You're going to go after it. You know that about you. Yeah. And you don't want to not celebrate that side of you. Yeah. But you've had to learn how to prioritize. Yeah. Or, I mean, and even scale back if you need to. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I just don't, like when we are celebrating ourselves and there are things that we realize like, oh, I just don't know that I like that about myself. Maybe it is something you absolutely 100% need to change or maybe it's just something you need to redirect a little bit yeah. or maybe it's something, and by change, I mean, get rid of. Because <laughs> there are some <laughs> yes. things that we need to like just, yeah, but it takes work. But I'm just thinking of like, you know, someone listening right now that's like, oh, well, I don't, sometimes it they don't, people might not even know what, their strengths and weaknesses are, what they need to celebrate or, and it's not as simple as like, okay, well, this is me. So people are going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, fine. I'm going to have to start embracing certain things about a three. Um, (laughs) And that's okay. Like I can still find the things. And then also there's unhealthy threes. Like when you're in an unhealthy place, I think you go to like a nine and there's definitely things like one of my things I'll do is I will vacuum for a lot. I get (laughs) obsessed about vacuuming and it's like the only thing I want to do and I can control it, which is me being an unhealthy nine for some reason. Yeah. At least that's what I was told. People that don't know the Enneagram are listening right now. And they're like, what the, I don't know what these <laughs> girls are talking about. But one of the biggest fears of a three is being worthless yes. to people. And words of affirmation are my love yes, language. What's ditto. yours? Mm-hmm. Same. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I want to be of value. Yes. And I want people to tell me that I 
um, have added value to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I can't imagine anything better than that. Right. Right. And like, I can celebrate that about myself. Like, yeah. I have owned that now. At least I know that about me. And like, it's okay with it. But you, I, I, I can't just walk around like looking for praise all day long. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say this. It is to the degree sometimes where, I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's true. It's to the degree sometimes where if I like have a new outfit or like have done something, actually put on makeup for the day, whatever, and I go to see my family or go out with girls for dinner or whatever, if like no one compliments me at all, I'm like, well, I must look terrible. It's like, if I don't hear something, it's like, oh, they must think I look bad because if I look good, like obviously they would tell me. Right. And clearly that's yeah, not I know. true, you know? It's like, but that's kind of the the mental hamster wheel that my you live in would say that you're mind reading like she i if i do that she oh, was yeah. like oh so you're a mind reader now yeah yeah right and you're like no they're probably no- just thinking their own thoughts and they're right. not obsessed with you exactly. so it's fine they could care less um, <laughs> but i will say i heard something a few weeks ago that my pastor said just kind of in passing that really struck me and i was like oh my gosh this is how you can you can monitor that as a three he said it's simply you need to speak to yourself more than you listen to yourself. And I was like, that doesn't seem that profound, but I know the days when I really am in a healthy place and I can celebrate and laugh at the parts of myself that, you know, may go a little extreme sometimes. It's when I am constantly talking to myself and telling myself like, your value isn't in what you do. Like, this is great that you're good at this and this is great that people respect you, but you know, your value is in who you are as God's daughter who you are as someone who loves people well in your life. And when I start going down that train, it's like, no, quit listening to myself and start talking to yourself and telling yourself the truth and get yourself back on track. What are some truths that you tell yourself? I mean, again, for me, number one, like my value is in Jesus alone. It's not up to me. I can't ruin my reputation. I can't ruin my righteousness. It's secured. Also that people really do just like to be around me. And it's not because of what I do for them that I could sit, I could bring nothing to the party, I could show up in my PJs and like, they're genuinely going to love me just the same. And yeah. And that, Those are good. Yeah, yeah. It just resets you. Yeah. No, I think that's helpful to know what is true. Yeah. And then tell yourself yeah. that because you know, we, our minds can go crazy, wild, crazy with all kinds of things. Well, thank you for sharing with us how you you celebrate all parts of you. And for each person listening, it might be different qualities yeah. and different things. Yeah. Can you accept all the things? And I feel like for women, so much is accepting like mm. that we are worthy, yeah. that we have the value, um, that it does has nothing to do with what we look like yeah. or um, which we easily can get wrapped up in that. I mean, society has taken us. It's just been... For years and years, I mean, we grew up in like yeah. diet culture oh, gosh. and, you know, the magazines and the yeah. airbrush and the this and the that. And then now young girls are now growing up with the Instagram and the, the Instagram. The How Instagram. Am I? I am on Instagram. I'm cool. But like TikTok, <laughs> but apps that yeah, can apps. alter your body literally and filters and filters are fun. I'm not saying filters are bad, but you kind of have to check yourself yes. with it. And it's like accepting you like I have to accept that when I open up my phone and look at myself if I'm doing a thing I'm 40 that's okay like I'm not I'm no longer 25 yeah. and I have to stop chasing that yeah but I just happen to be around a lot of 25 year old yeah 
pop stars. And I'm like, cool. But then I have to remember, like, I'm 40. Like, so, hey, I can accept where I am in this moment. So when I think too, one of my friends just kind of point blank told me one time, they're like, no one is thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you. She's like, I don't mean that to knock you down. I mean that to just like, just take a breath. Like no one walks in a room and is point is, is looking at all your pros and cons. They're just not. Like yeah. you're the one doing that. I was like, well, fine. You should pay more a- attention to me then. <laughs> I love a good friend that yeah. would just say something. My yeah. friend Mary said something to me similar one time. I think I said something like, well, I don't know when I talk to you and you're that way. Again, I'm paraphrasing this conversation too, but it's there was a lot more to it. But I just was like, I assume that maybe I've done something wrong and you're mad at me. Right. I'm like, what have I done? And she's like, oh, weird. Or and it wasn't even saying maybe her specifically. I'm thinking like in general people, I must have done something wrong. Like, why are they mad at me? And she's like, oh, weird. Like, I think, I wonder what's going on in their day that's making them that way. Like, I wonder what happened to them today. Yeah, and totally like, different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is the healthier way. Right, sure. To look yeah. at it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And she wasn't slamming me. She yeah. was just like helping redirect. <laughs> Listen, I think I have suggested this to some of the other female threes in my life. And I just, I feel like we need like a recovering threes anonymous group. It's just, it's a very real thing that I think needs to happen. Okay. Well, I'll come. (laughs) Tell me when the first meeting is. Okay. Okay, Maddie, we always close out with guests and we are big on gratitude. So I'd love to hear four things that you're currently thankful for today, big or small, just like something, a little peek into your your life on this day. Mm, today. Okay. I got to say, I mentioned earlier, I love cooking. It's a really cathartic outlet for me. I also love food. So win-win. My parents had been in Florida last week. My dad's a big fisherman and they brought home some swordfish fillets that he literally caught fresh, I think yesterday. And I've never cooked swordfish and I am going to nerd out and open some physical cookbooks and figure out what to season it with and how to do it when I get home. And I'm very excited about that. And I am grateful for that opportunity. Nice. Lame answer, but I am pumped about that. Wait, that's not lame. (laughs) Not allowed to say that. I am very grateful to say that Nashville is able to be a part of a few really cool events coming up. And that had become a a big part of what we did before the pandemic. And obviously no one was having events. Um, So we have a couple cool things in August that are going to support some anti-trafficking groups here that are really, really fun. And because my husband, Ben, was he worked for the Davidson County District Attorney's Department. He was an attorney and he worked a lot with the trafficking women. So he sort of helped us build that part of the company and connect us with the right people. And the organization that our Salt and Vine pop-up event is what it is. And now Sheville's hosting it. It's going to be Salt and Vine Food. At the end of the month benefits the group that he worked with. So it's just like very full circle. And I feel overwhelmed about the, the way that life comes full circle. So I'm pumped about that. I am really excited to take care of my sister's little puppy next week. She has a brand new puppy that's like a miniature golden retriever or something or other. Anyway, uh, yeah, her and her husband are going to be out of town for a week. And I may retract this statement by the end of that week, but I'm going to keep her and I'm really looking forward to it. Love it. Is that three? (sighs) That's three. What else am I grateful for? I am grateful that deep one to end on because of what I have gone through and because my life is pretty public, I feel very comfortable and I feel, not to belabor the word, but I feel grateful that I am able to see the good that has come out of a lot of my pain. I think some of the things that people ask sometimes is like, okay, but 
And what if you don't have a, you know, an organization that serves the women that, you know, serves widows when you've been widowed? Or what if you don't get the opportunity to write a book, which I have this year, which is insane, to share that hope with people? And I think that you can see the purpose for anything you go through. But I'm very grateful that because of really my dad's hard work and I'm able to see a lot of that purpose in a way that that others might not be able to. And and that keeps me going. So you're in the process of writing the book? It will come out sometime this fall. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think that's all I can say about it. <laughs> well, you'll have to come back on when the book comes yes, out. Yes, please. So I know. Fun. I was like, I want to tell her all about it. And I don't think that I can. Yet. Yeah. Well, we'll just... <laughs> We'll just have you back on when yeah, it's out. I, and count me in. Before you go too, I just want to let people know about your blog and your podcast because yeah. they're the same title. She's in the city. Yep, she's in the city. So it should be Nashville. She's in the city. Yeah. I like the word she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's all about Which women. I, yeah, and I, I got it. It was I'm cool. I it. mean, it's just, a, it's kind of a little pet project that we have really to pour into the women that support Nashville. So mm-hmm. honestly, we just have women, some celebrity, most just normal women in our lives tell stories about a lot of what we've talked about, struggles and successes and failures and hope and just everything. And the whole point is really to just break the isolation of ever thinking what we're walking through, whatever it is that we're walking through it alone, because you never, ever are. And we just want to tell those stories. I love that. It's yeah. the number one reason why I do this podcast yeah. and even share stuff on the Bobby Bone show that I do. It's like, why? Some days I'm like, oh, why am I? Why am I, I don't know. <laughs> am I sharing too much? But then it's like if one person's driving in their yeah. car that day listening and they don't feel alone in that moment because certain things can feel super isolating, Absolutely. especially if you can't talk about them. I mean, you and I both have public-ish to where people know certain things, but they don't know the whole story. Sure. Nobody knows everything. And then certain things, if you that you can feel so alone. I felt in one particular thing I went through, I literally found so much help and healing in a random podcast that I, I literally went to the podcast app and in the search bar, I typed in keywords that I needed help with some random person's podcast came up that I've never heard of. And she had a random person on that I'd never heard of. And I heard her story and she talked about a book and this other person in there, cha- like game changer, ordered yeah. the book, yeah, got an appointment with the person she talked about. Like everything started to fall in place literally because some person decided to sh- open a podcast so that certain people experiencing that didn't feel alone. And that person was vulnerable enough to come on and share their story yeah. and wrote about like. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, like, it totally so is. it's that's you're doing exactly what people need. Yeah. And I think it's cool. It's a place that I am grateful to be in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always fun and it's not always easy, but man, that's that's what we're called to do. We we just have to like we have to be a light to people. We have to be an example for people who you know, want to believe that they can get through something, but maybe don't know if they can, you know? I think about, oh my gosh, in the very brief stint where I did run half marathons, you run with a group and there's like a pacer guy that like runs in the front and you're like supposed to, you know, you're never as fast as him, but it's like they're setting the pace. And there's so many women in their 40s who have been widowed and remarried and, you know, they're my pace people in life. And so it's like, if I can be honest enough about the struggles I have to be somebody's pace person, to be like, you really can get here, just keep going. Like that's, man, that's what it's about. Love that. Yeah. Your pace, per- you can be someone's pace person. Yeah. And you don't, yeah, it can be any, You there's no limit or age or anything. It's just experience no. and different things. And like, yes, not only should you be trying to figure out if you can be someone's pacemaker, but then you might need to think, do I need to find 
a pacemaker? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, you do. do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's almost like a, <laughs> like a sponsor. Yeah. Let me tell you the only, the only moment in the, in the, in the life race that feels hopeless is if you look up and you're like, oh, there's nobody in front of me to, to mm -hmm. follow, to you learn like a mentor. from. Like yeah. you can, and you'll have different ones through different seasons. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we could probably sit here and talk forever. So um, we'll wrap, but Maddie, thank you so much oh for thank you. coming on. And Maddie's Instagram handle, I know we talked about Nashville, but your personal one is MJ Selectman S is Selectman. my married last name. Yes. yes. So the M is for Maddie, the J is for Jackson, and then Selectman is her last name, S-E-L-E-C-M-A-N. That's so it. Y'all go check her out. Okay. Bye. Bye. All summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.